With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. It's Wrestling Daft. It is, of course, the marks. It is a Tuesday. Well, you probably listen to this on another day, but it's Tuesday for us. It could be any day, wherever you are in the world. Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 184 pounds. I'm John. I am producer of Wrestling Daft, and I am the host of this show. And with me, two of my friends, my tag team partners. First of all, let's introduce a man bigger than Logan Paul's YouTube following. It's Big Alex. Who is Logan Paul? Who is Logan Paul? This is a good question. I'm sure this will come across. Can, can I also before. point out that if you are listening to this on a Tuesday, good news because there's probably a new episode up tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So it will be. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So yeah, Logan Paul, Alex, Gary, do you want to fill in uh, Alex on who Logan Paul is? Um, I will give you the the general description and then tell you what you might remember him for. So he's a YouTuber turned boxer and he's going to be fighting Ben Askren of the UFC on his next boxing bout. However, well, actually also I should mention he's going to be on SmackDown next week because Sami Zayn's recruited him as part of that rivalry between him and Kevin Owens that doesn't need a celebrity as part of it. However, what you may remember Logan Paul for is uh, going to a suicide forest in Japan and videoing it while he was there and getting hounded online for it. That guy? Yes, but but that part isn't mentioned anymore. YouTuber turned boxer. Yeah, <laughs> the, next, the, you, the next UFC turned boxer we get, can we get Aaron the Charm Chalmers from Geordie Shore? So I think Geordie Shore <laughs> wrestling would be terrific. So. Get Scotty T involved. That's what we want to see. Get, Scotty T would not pass the wellness policy. Thank you very much. Very, very true. Um, yeah, so Logan Paul, we'll probably speak about that when we get into SmackDown and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that man you heard just there, a man who online this week has been comparing Liverpool goalkeeper Alison Becker's task to that of ravishing Rick Roods. It's Inside the Ropes lead writer, it is Gary Cassidy. Here to cover all the important stories. Yeah. Alison Becker growing a moustache is, is a bit better than what we've had to any of the it's rest a of the tash. I'll get Listen, he's, he's obviously buying into the Scouse lifestyle by growing that tash, you know. Looks yeah. like Ian Rush. Yeah, <laughs> Just exactly. Like Rush. Go back to the old Soonish, the old Terry McDermott days. Grow the tash. But there is, you know, it, it is a good good tash. I mean, you don't get a good tash in re- much in wrestling these days, do you? Does, do, do no. Oh, I think on the Liverpool point, I think Mo Salah could grow a belt of a tash if you just mm. shaved off the beard. I think everybody should just bring it back. But no, you don't really... Sadly, like, um, the last year, apart from Robert oh, Roode, that's yeah. his eye, you're probably looking at the guy we you don't want to mention and Joey Ryan. Miro grew one for a while, and like Cody Rhodes. I'm, oh, Miro had a belt, or I Miro had that. And Cody's, I, uh, Cody's mustache, Cody's mustache. Like, yeah, they turn up for maybe like a month or two. They get memed and then they leave. So it's always like a fleeting thing—a mustache. Oh, but mustache mountain, of course. Ah, well, <laughs> like, a lot of mustaches. Actually, have mustaches. Like they both have. No, they've grown like, full beards now. 
I mean, no. like, I've never seen Trent Seven with just a mustache. Like, he's always had no. a beard. And... I demand for wrestling daft the marks. If you watch the video version, Alex has got a fantastic. He would if Alex was to shave the beard off, all it would be left is a fantastic mustache. Gary, you, you remember you, we did that? That was last year. Yeah, yeah, but Gary, you you looks all right as well. No, I don't really get I, I actually I think if I was to to completely grow out the mustache, I can get quite a good long twiddly mustache out of it. Uh, I've had that before from November and stuff like that, but no, nah, it's too much effort. I used to have a big beard and then decided, nah, no effort. Uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, if you have a great mustache, please send us a picture on Twitter. That would be great. We'd like to see your pictures of your mustaches uh, and we'll feature them in some sort of gallery, maybe next week on the marks. Who knows? Don't say that. I mean, are you going to be the first man that's finally going to invent the image gallery on a podcast? Because if you are, then you are (laughs) going to be a very rich man. Yeah, that I might have to work a bit on that. Uh, So, yeah, welcome to Wrestling Daft, the home of uh, mustaches and wrestling. before we progress for the show, however, it is time once again. It's his brand new feature. Let's hand over to the comedy stylings of Mr. Gary Cassidy. I've slightly phoned in this week just to, to know Belgie's up too much, but I still think it's a good one. So I don't know if you've heard, but uh, a famous wrestling faction are really into their ornithology. Uh, I don't know if you know what that means. It's a fondness for birds. Yes. And three of them. You know, it's not the fabulous three birds before I go any further, but three of them all have the same favourite bird. All right. What bird so is that, Gary? So I'll tell you, first of all, it's uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods and Big E, and their favourite bird, it's a blue jay. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jeez. This feature might not last long, <laughs> to be <honest> with you. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Um, it's the kind of calm before the storm, I would say. This is next week is just mental for the wrestling. Just crazy. Gary, I'm presuming you're going to be doing crazy hours because we've got two Hall of Fames, we've got two nights to take over, we've got WrestleMania, obviously. What is your work schedule looking like next week? Well, for anybody that doesn't know, I don't just do the wrestling journalism. I also am a subtitler. Um, I've took the week off the subtitling, put it that way. (laughs) Took the week off purely to cover wrestling. Um, So I, there's that. And then annoyingly, I like trying to dip into GCW. Like they did a full collective thing and they're still doing it over the weekend, which they've got um, the the main thing will be Bloodsport, John Moxley v Josh Barnett. So I need to try and dip into that as well. And that is something that nobody's accounting for because everybody's just looking at WWE and AEW. Yeah. And of course, AEW are also now running a, a a live event, like a house show. So it's going to be trying to find out results for that and everything as well. So, so it's going to be a nightmare. But I we've got the UK takeover as well that's on before the second night of the, the NXT takeover. So I say takeover, it's not really a takeover, but it's a, you know, well, new TV specials that we get and everything that's... Uh, so we've got that... And then obviously the news that I know we'll get into well the, the next week after WrestleMania, we've got NXT on a Tuesday and Impact on a Thursday now. So there is wrestling every single night. <laughs> so, yeah. So good fun. Oh, so much content now. So it much makes content. a lot more sense this way though. I'm sure we'll talk about uh, it later on. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into that when we get into the news. I think there's a lot to digest if you haven't heard yet about NXT moving to 
Tuesday nights. You mean the big news that Impact is moving to Thursdays? That's what Sorry, you're... that's what I meant, Alex. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get into that when we cover the news a bit later on. Of course, we'll be burying and putting over stuff from all the big shows. Uh, we invite our Marks tag team of Mr. Bronze Chill and Rico on, also known as the New Age Mark Laws. Thank you. Got it right this week. Uh, who will be doing SmackDown for us. Uh, the three of us will handle AEW, NXT, and, of course, last night's Raw. Um, and we're on the road to WrestleMania, as I mentioned, so it would be remiss of us not to get a guest appropriate for that. And I don't think you get any more appropriate than Mr. WrestleMania himself, and Mr. Shawn Michaels. Gary caught up with him, especially for the BBC, but the BBC didn't want us to talk they didn't want to talk about wrestling, so they just wanted to talk um, to talk about Scotland. There's only so far you can go about with Shawn Michaels about Scotland. I don't think there's not many corners or avenues to go down. Um, so we're going to hear the full chat or the bits we're allowed to play on BBC. Like almost full chat, almost full <laughs> chat. With Shawn Michaels, Gary, what is in store? What what can we expect? So I, the, the BBC thing, I'll tell you, first of all, if you're not uh, going to go and watch that part, the only thing that you'll miss out on that I absolutely loved is me mentioning that um, the only Scottish representation we saw growing up was Rowdy Roddy Piper, which uh, Sean Michaels just made a brilliant facial expression. <laughs> uh, so you can just gloss all that unless you want to go see that. What you'll hear on this podcast with Sean Michaels, of course, is all the stuff that I actually wanted to ask him about, uh, of course. I'm not going to complain at talking to Sean Michaels about Eton. Can happily talk to him about Avo or, uh, you know, any of the stuff that John has got a promo on. But <laughs> no, what we, uh, what we got for him, essentially, it was mainly WrestleMania questions I wanted to ask, purely because WrestleMania is coming up and he's Mr. WrestleMania. So naturally asked him about that WrestleMania 25 match against Undertaker, because it's my favourite wrestling match all the time. Asked him about the I'm sorry, I love you. Asked him about, um, and this was actually one that, Kenny McIntosh had told me to ask about that I didn't think about. Annoyingly, didn't get as good as an answer as I hoped. Um, but I asked him about whether, if he wasn't retiring at WrestleMania 26, might we have seen him in that Bret Hart Vince McMahon match that played out at WrestleMania 26? Because obviously, a, a lot of history between those three men. Um, so I just a, a lot of that kind of stuff. And one of my favorite things was, um, you know, everybody at that time that I interviewed him was asking people about. Undertaker's comments about the the locker room being soft and it got done to death but I was like how can I spin this and ask Shawn Michaels about it because he's been on both ends of that where you know he's coaching people nowadays but he was you know the epitome a problem child back then <laughs> a guy that had a lot of problems so my favourite question that I asked him was how would Shawn Michaels nowadays deal with Shawn Michaels back then being in his current locker room so I a nice wee spread of things but mainly all Wrestlemania based you can hear that interview later on in the show. Uh, but first, I think it's about time we cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. First of all, before we get into the promo, shout out to Neil Gow on our Patreon. Remember, you can get signed up, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, he was fully on board with the promo regarding molten toasty fillings last week. Uh, well, he says, well, it doesn't lessen the Bernie Muth problem. I can highly recommend, recommend one of these as an alternative to the classic Breville. Now, he's pointed in the direction of a Jean-Patrick toasted sandwich maker. Uh, are any of you gentlemen aware of this? What sandwich maker? A Jean-Patrick 
toasted sandwich maker. Now, it's know, one I of these every, ones... I held every syllable the first time, but I just wanted you to repeat that. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's one of these ones that you put on the, the, the cooker, but it's like French and you kind of... It's almost like, a, I guess, a panini just thing. Just like a pre aye, like a aye. kind of press. Aye. 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 He says uh, he got one for the house a couple of weeks ago and it's been a game changer. No more waiting eons for it to hot up, heat up. Just whacking your bread fillings, stick it on the hob, boom, uh, perfect toasty in minutes. And uh, Gary, on your pies, remember we were talking about pies last week? Why? Why? He says, right, check out this bad boy, yorkshirepuddingpie.co.uk. Basically, it's pies made with Yorkshire pudding rather than pastry. I've uh, I've just typed that and I'll load it up for after we finish here so I can probably put in a wee order. So thank you very much for that, Neil. Appreciate that. We're going to get on that. Um, and thank you for being a patron as ever. Awesome, but, Neil. We're very sorry that Shingo lost the final of the new. That's different, Neil. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> try. <laughs> different, Neil. Come um, on, we're, we're big shots here. More than one new listens to the show. Exactly. <laughs> I just assume it's one new. I just, that's all we have. The one listener we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I need to discuss something. Now, I've touched on this, I think, previously on a pre- previous promo, but the problem has grown. Now, I think I spoke previously about people not wearing the mask properly, i.e. the people that leave their nose uncovered but uh, have it around the mouth. Now, there's a new breed of mask wearers out there, and these are the fucking idiots. I was going to say scum of the earth. That's maybe a bit too harsh. But these people are fucking idiots. Have you come across the mask wearer who has a mask on but wears it round their neck? Ah, you mean the chin chin diaper? The, I yes. Okay. Yes. They walk into a shop and they have a, 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 a mask but they wear it round their chin. What is the fucking point? Really? Why? It's to hide their brass neck. Ah, you know what? That's exactly it. Very good shout, Gary, because there's, there is zero, zero point in it, right? Now, the 50-50 the mask wearers, okay, we're getting 50, you know, 50% of the orifice that's causing, all orifices that are causing the problem are covered. It's not going to do much. But these people that wear a mask round their chin and walk into a shop, stop being a lazy cunt. Just put it up. Why would you do it? Why? I don't understand. I really, it's not really. Like this don't is a understand. new practice, either. You've had a year to get used to it. I know. But well, why would you do it? And I see it time and time again. Honestly, if these people weren't bigger and harder than me, I'd have words. Just, I don't understand. If someone can explain to me why people do this, if you're one of these people who do it, I don't think any of our listeners are like that. They're all wonderful people, our listeners. But, I mean, just have a word for yourself, eh? Did any of you see the Lucha Libre wrestlers in Mexico going about the market putting masks on people? Yeah. No. Yes, I have seen this. Yes, and this is true. what we need. This is what we need in Scotland. We need hardened wrestlers. So I'm reaching out to ICW here. Any of the boys listening, let's get you guys on security at the Co and at the Asda. Let's get Gradle down at the Asda threatening to put the wee boot on people if they don't wear the masks fucking properly. This is what I'm all for. So let's employ the mask wearers, the the wrestlers of this world, to show people how to wear masks fucking properly. Well, I don't know if any of you guys are the same as me. I've taken the mask thing a bit too far. I had a, a look yesterday. I think I own 15 masks. Right. 
Or, uh, how <laughs> so many I, do you wear regularly? Do you have one? Like, <laughs> one, one. <laughs> one, literally one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've got my I've got my Boba Fett uh, mask, uh, which, which makes me look like Boba Fett, uh, which I, I think makes me look exceptionally cool. Oh, that is excellent! That is quite good. I, yeah. I need a I need a Mortal Kombat themed one of them. Oh, so good shout! Sub Zero, that'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. The money. There one must be one of those exists. Uh, and another thing, if you've got any good masks, please let us know. I'm desperate. We talked about this at the start of lockdown of just getting a whole bunch of people to wear Lucha Libre Sin Cara masks around, and we start some sort of Lucha gang around Scotland. I'm all for that. So, but anyway, fuck the people who can't wear masks properly. <laughs> It's that time of the show where we look back at all the big wrestling shows. Uh, myself, I look at NXT. Big Alex handles the AEW. Gary's on Raw. And we welcome, and they're still unchallenged, by the way. If you want to get on and be our guest, Mark, you can challenge our tag team for the titles. Uh, it's the new age Mark Laws. It is Bronze Chill. It is Rico. How are you, gentlemen? I'm feeling dominant now that you've said nobody has challenged. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Can you I guys also point out the last time ones? someone did challenge you, just put them together in a tag team, you just get along the situation. You know, like. <laughs> We've got to have a good old-fashioned tag team match. That's what we do. So if you if you do want to come on and, and be Review Smackdown, feel free to step up to the plate. A now formidable tag team, I would say. It, it works very well as a two. We're, we're, we're shades of the bar when you know Sheamus and Cesaro were thrown together um, and just worked well as a team. You know, so, um, yeah, but if you do want to challenge Ricky and Bronze Chill, get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, and you can take on the boys. Before we get on to the wrestling hour, there's a couple of acknowledgements have to be made here. Uh, I don't know if you heard the main show last week, gentlemen, but our friend Rico was on the run-in last week uh, with Rab and Gradle. Of course, if you want to get on the run-in, you can go on the Patreon, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, Rico was on the run-in last week, and it was his birthday. And the big question on everyone's lips, Rico, is you, you kind of left us hanging, was your good lady was going to make you a meal. We didn't know what it was going to be. What was the meal? Right, so uh, my wife is Greek, and she said she was going to make like a little mystery menu for me. So it was a five-courser and appetizer of chickpea pancakes with tzatziki. Oh, I love home. tzatziki. Aye. Uh, but she, she's Greek as well, so she um, puts like too much garlic in it, but too, uh, much, too much. There's, no, there's no such thing as too much. That's what, what I was going to say, like too much to the extent that like it's... It's amazing. It's so good. I love it. Right. Um, there's a salad after it, which was a shredded Brussels sprout salad, which had lemon, herbs, pine nuts, cranberries, and apple flakes on it. That was really good. There was a sweet potato fasolada after that, which is like a sort of Greek bean soup. Uh, main course of haggis moussaka, so it's like uh, haggis with bechamel wrapped in an aubergine. Oh, and it was class. Take um, me home with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And she made two desserts as well. So there was mulled pears with cashew cream and then these little sort of chocolate and orange yogurt-y pot type things. Oh. Top 10. Wow. Wow. Haggis Moussaka. I mean, i actually inspired by your... Um, sorry, this is getting really boring now. It is a wrestling podcast, but inspired by uh, your Greek wife, I actually made Moussaka on Sunday night for the family after our Amazing. chat last week. 
Amazing. First time you made it? Uh, no, it was the second time I made it, but it worked out a lot better this this time. Though um, I, I was a bit short, but I won't get into it. My tin was too big. It was uh, thin <laughs> layers. I only managed to get two layers as opposed to three. It was fine, though. It was fine. Anyway, uh, right, sorry. Sounds amazing, uh, Rico. Uh, Bronze Chill, we need to give a mention to you if you're not watching the visual version. Bronze Chill has probably one of the best Shawn Michaels t-shirts in owed to the fact that he's on the show later on. Um, that is a tremendous... Where'd you get that from, mate? So I bought it about 15 years ago on eBay and I think I've got it brand new in the bag for about a tenner and Ooh. it now goes for about 500 quid. Wow. Wow. That is some serious merch you've got there. Never sell it. Never sell it. <laughs> Never sell it. Five hundred quid, man. That's a tremendous. It's like, well, it, it might get more. It might be worth more in a couple of years. You know, he waits five years. It might be worth a thousand. That beats my record, and I'm actually gutted that I get rid of it. Where I bought one of those. Um, you remember Taz had the Dickies shirt. Oh, yeah. And it was like the proper, and I bought one of them for 30 quid because I was like, oh man, like I love Taz. It was back when I was listening to the Taz show every day. It's like great investment. Wear it over my orange Taz show t-shirt and I sold it for 150 quid. But I'm like, ah, the 150 quid, I don't remember what I done with it. I should have probably just kept the shirt. <laughs> oh, I never, never sell that. No amount of money in the world is worth that t-shirt, I don't think. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'd say it would have a price, but. Maybe. Oh, well, ah, if, if it's got to buy your house, <laughs> then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into the shows then. Enough food and clothing chats. Uh, let's get into the shows, boys. Uh, and let's you say that as if there's not going to be probably food and clothing uh, chat in the yeah, yeah, that's a very point. Alex, let's kick off with AEW, sir. Well, I mean, I was going to go into a bit of a conversation about, you know, John and Eddie now being like best bros and Ray Phoenix being the ultimate tag team slot, but... I feel I have to now sit and talk about clothing. So we're going to get straight into my first bury, <laughs> which is the Pinnacles branding. There's one word for it, and it's fucking shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, they've just taken like a mountain and put it on a shirt. Like, I like the mustache mountain branding because it's cool because it's got the wee fancy twirly bits, but they've literally just taken a stock mountain, put it on a shirt, stock text, and be like, there you go, guys. There you it go. looks <laughs> like the bronze Roman t shirt for two years ago that was on the Wii shop. I think I'm just disappointed. I just expected so much more. And like you saw, like, remember the hype when they first released the Inner Circle stuff? Everyone was like, woo! And like they completely crashed pro wrestling tees. And yeah, you know what I mean? I just, and I expected this to be a bit of a long term faction. So I thought they'd do some good branding, but it might be shades that maybe they're only going to be short term. I don't know, but I'm disappointed. Uh, you know what? Do you remember the old Glazing Company Everest? Yep. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a bit like that, really, isn't it? it? It looks like a mountaineering brand. Like, if you just typed in mountaineering brand on stock Adobe images, that's what would come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, boo you, AEW branding, you fucking suck. Yeah. So, let's, let's get all the berries out of the way. I've started now. So, right, go on. <laughs> berry number two, the Team Taz segment. What we, 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 we had some story progression last week. So, we had Brian Cage kind of breaking rank of Team Taz and kind of calling out Sting for just being the icon that he is. And then this week we had a bit of a weird segment where they kind of backtracked on all of that and that Cage apparently apologised but kind of looked confused when Taz said he apologised. I wasn't quite sure what was going on there and they just tried to make out as if everything was hunky-dory. So I've maybe missed something in that storyline or it's just kind of been pushed to the side. Did anyone else catch that or was that just me? 
I kind of missed that, but I wasn't really paying much attention to AEW this week. Yeah. Well, that's like, <laughs> I, I do have to say, I did actually prefer NXT this week, so uh, well, but, but I'll, I'll never say that again. Oh, <laughs> wow. Put over. My first put over after last week and her terrific hardcore performance was Britt Baker essentially came out and called out Mick Foley, which I'm all down for. Can we get like a, Brit, a Mick Foley versus Britt Baker match? Yeah, like, I, I would just... totally be down for that. It was a strange one, wasn't it? Mick uh, acknowledged it on Twitter as well. Because, like, I, I quite like the idea of a legend coming back for like a wee run, or, like like one match. I know I complain about Sting all the time, but one hardcore match of Britt Baker versus Nick Foley would be fucking priceless. And kind of a, a proper main event hardcore male versus female match that I don't think we've ever seen. So, if they could, I would honestly just get him to be a special guest ref. At a- you know, a massive hardcore match for maybe even a title match, hardcore match at the next, um, is it Double or Nothing's the next big one? So I, I, I think that's... status though? I know he's under contract to WWE in some capacity, but I don't know what that contract entails. I think it might just be like media duties and image rights, but I'm not certain on that. So, but I, you never know if it's possible. <laughs> if not, this is the way to do it. Then just uh, get the sneaky Twitter interactions. <laughs> but I think that's a good way to do it. Just start calling out who you want in, and then <laughs> WWE eventually their contract lapses, and they come, and you've already got a storyline. It's genius, really, isn't it? It's self-booking almost to the stage. But on to my second putover. Now something something delightful has happened since the forbidden door has been opened. I believe that old TNA is now officially canon in wrestling again, and I'm so happy about it. So I want to put over the fact that they referenced Kazarian and Christian's previous um, relationship in TNA on AEW. That just made me really happy. I don't know why. So <laughs> it's as if it's got like continuity though, because it means there's now like backstory to AEW. Well, you think that like in WWE, do you know what I mean? Your story starts when you enter WWE and it ends when you leave WWE. On and let, there's a very few ex, uh, exceptions for that. So yeah, I'm just really stoked that that happened and that we're kind of they're using all of this again and hopefully with the relationship they can maybe even use some old stock footage from back in the day of christian cage and stuff i'd imagine um, impact's done their uh, usual thing which their social media team is absolutely incredible of the yeah. second that match got announced boom the 2007 match <laughs> christian <laughs> christian cage versus kaz i believe it was called back then straight on the twitter they like we know they do it with Lashley and uh, McIntyre a lot, but it was nice to see them capitalise on it. No matter what company they're, uh, they're kind of cutting their feet under, so that uh, was good. Yeah, just just made me happy, and you know we just love TNA on this podcast. Uh, the match of the night this week was quite a big surprise for me, as the match of the night I thought was Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel, which was the opener. You know, because uh-huh. it was like I was expecting a total swash match, which we got in the next match, <laughs> and yeah, Seidel looked good, got lots of offense in. I mean, there was a couple of. Uh, near falls that are actually convincing near falls and classic finish Kenny won either does everyone went home happy happy days um, so you preferred NXT to AEW this week Alex well it was a particularly good week of NXT I think so yeah, do you know what I'm looking down at my notes and there's not a, a terrible amount of buddies um, there was a lot of good storyline progression I felt on NXT yeah yeah, there was there was that. Um, so let's let's start off with uh, some putovers then, since you're you're, you're on it. Um, I am going to put over first of all L.A. Knight, i.e. Eli Drake. What a great promo he is, isn't he? Just 
I mean, his, his Mike skills and on Mike stuff, I, really impressed. I mean, I, I you know, you, you guys will be more afraid with Eli Drake and, and his work. I'm not massively on the guy. I've seen bits and bobs of him, but what I've seen from NXT so far, uh, especially on the mic, RIP that beautiful jacket that he had. And I mean, we're getting a fight over a jacket. Don't get me started on that. But, you know, I'd I, I like to see a progression from him um, in uh, NXT and uh, look forward to, to seeing where he goes on it. But yeah, really impressed by his his promo. Um, let's go to quick. Let's go to fashion police. Wow, wow, wow! That's a new Not fashion police jingle. Um, and let's first of all talk about Kyle. Uh, it's denim waistcoat. Try to look like someone out of Sons of Anarchy. Just no. He also had a little bit of a 14-year-old boy hairstyle on the go. He did. He, did. That still he, did. he looked like the school bully from like a, a 90, early 90s kind of high school um, sitcom. I think that's that what he's trying to go for. Right. I, I, still, I don't know. I don't think it works personally, but I feel like I can't say anything because um, the Inside Ropes Twitter account, uh, the, the social media team there, obviously, I'm going to put them over as doing a brilliant job. But they tweeted a wee pun about him wearing a Joy Division t-shirt and got a reply for him. So, uh, <laughs> so I kind of bury the guy because he replied. And I think he actually replied with, um, he replied with a Joy Division pun as well. So Oh, fair enough. But, but I, I think anybody that wears that t-shirt, and I used to when I worked in a CD shop, but anybody that wears that Joy Division um, t-shirt, I'm like, even if you're the biggest Joy Division fan in the world, I think it's a wee bit of a faux pas to wear that t-shirt because everybody wears it. It's just like, it's the probably the most worn t-shirt on the planet. Oh, no, the Ramones t-shirt is, <laughs> uh, of yeah. course. And everybody on this, I, I look round this table of, uh, and I will look and say, I bet you every single one of you's had a Ramones t-shirt. Yes. No, I, I would say the third, <laughs> item, number three, which was Appetite for Destruction, I'd say, after that. Ah, yeah, right, yeah. right, okay, okay. And I have to admit, Gary, uh, the Unknown Pleasures uh, t-shirt, I just bought a version of that t-shirt, <laughs> but, it has, <laughs> but it, has, it has the Falkirk steeple. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there we go. Um, but, yeah, the, and let's talk about uh, Thomas Tommaso Ciampa and his shorts. As camouflage <laughs> short shorts that he wore to the ring um, with his hair. Do you know he's only 35? Yep. Can I just put over put over Tommaso Ciampa at this point for just the fact that it makes me look young. Uh, at 35. He looks like he could be like a really good looking 50 year old. Do you know? Like he legitimately <laughs> could be. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much for that, Tommaso. Really appreciate that. Um, let's get on to. Uh, uh, a proper put over though. Um, I like it. And do you know what I like it? It's when wrestling makes sense. Do you know what made sense? Only Lorcan coming down and starting a fight with Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross had uh, defeated his tag team uh, partner and put him in the hospital and cost him the belt. To have him then come down and fight Karrion Cross and get a decent amount of offense, by the way. I was really, that just makes sense to me. Absolutely makes sense. And I loved it. Um, Carrying crosses kind of punched to the back of the head. Looks fucking brutal, by the way. It, you know, it's not a over the top, what a finisher, wow, wow, wow. It just looks fucking brutal. And it looks like it would really 
kill a man. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to put over that, uh, but Canning Cross and all that sort of stuff. I tell you what, he works stiff though, doesn't he? Jesus Christ. I'd be interested to hear a wrestler's view on uh, Canning Cross and the ring because from, you know, a Mark's point of view and a fan's point of view, it looks like he works pretty fucking stiff to me. I think with his gimmick, you kind of have to. Like, yeah. Part of yeah. His, like his gimmick, the way he wrestles is almost part of his gimmick. I really Isn't like it? when they do that, the two make sense together. So, for him to start doing hundreds of flips everywhere would just be weird. It just looks like it'd be sorted S on, do you know what I mean? It looks like you would walk away and you would be covered in bruises after it. Um, but that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, and talking about covered in bruises, can I quick put over? Walter just destroying Spud. Love that. Because <laughs> Walter's Walter, isn't it? It's just brilliant. He just came in, just basically destroyed Spud. And I think, you know, Walter versus Champa at um, TakeOver is probably going to be a, a, a show-stealing match. I, I'm going to put my balls in the vice right now and say, I think that might be one of the best matches at TakeOver. But who knows? Who knows? Um, and talking about that, the, the, you know, um, the Gauntlet Eliminator match, I like the this whole Gauntlet Eliminator on one night and then the take on the, you know, the Battle Royales next week and then we've got the Gauntlet Eliminator and then the take on Johnny Gargano. It all making sense and I like that. I like that. It gets guys in there. So anyway, yes, um, match for the night. I'm going to have to be my boy Kushida versus John, Jordan Devlin in the main event, isn't it? It's Kushida. It was one, that was one hell of a bout as well, actually. Yeah, it's Kushida at the end of the day, so it's going to be a match tonight. The finish was a bit weird. But I yeah, but it protected, do you know what? Protected I, I, I was like, how are they getting out? You knew that as soon as the match was announced, Devlin versus Kushida, you knew there was going to be antics because... They can't afford to have, you know, any one of those two look weak. Because I think Kushida will be walking away with the... I think he'll walk away with the North American belt uh, title at TakeOver. And I think... I don't know what's going to happen with Devlin. What, Devlin just drops it, and him and Balor make a fucking tag team. That's exactly uh, what they're going to do. They love putting Irish people together. True that, true that. What did you make of Shawn Michaels' involvement and in just coming down and throwing the ladder into the ring? I think it was unnecessary. Listen. No, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, it was fantastic. It was the best. <laughs> I just didn't have to say nothing. Like that was it. Just put the ladder in, walk away. That was it. Yeah. And the wee, uh, the wee stare down backstage that they chucked on Twitter as well between him and Adam Cole. I'm like, even if nothing comes of that, I still love that kind of thing. I'm, I big mark. Yeah, oh, did, you, did you not get him saying that he um, is disappointed that he re- came out of retirement for that match? So you never know, he could have another match to put himself back into retirement. I, I, I'm not gonna, um, not gonna say that he's lying. But the last time somebody told me that they weren't ever coming back for a wrestling match, they came back at the Royal Rumble and are now wrestling in AEW. So, <laughs> aye. Uh, so yeah, we'll get we'll give Devlin that match of the night, and um, let's move on to SmackDown, gentlemen. Uh, Come to Rico for the first put over. Uh, the first put over I'd like to have from SmackDown this week is basically just Seth Rollins in general. To be totally honest with you. this, this week has been the first time since he's come back that I've really, really enjoyed watching him. He's uh, involved with an absolutely brilliant match, in my opinion, uh, with Shinsuke Nakamura. Good, fast-paced, aggressive match pulling out the win, attacking Chinsky post-match, getting the advancement of his story with Cesaro. But the cherry on the top of his evening was when he's backstage having an interview and he's uh, saying to the interviewer, Cesaro is never, ever going to 
attack me and swing me again. And immediately, Cesaro attacks him and swings him around backstage area. I, I thought it was hilarious. And I just thought that's um, it's funny that Seth Rollins has been the best part of this show so far. It was so it was cool. It was it was good to see him um, having a bit more variation in what he's doing, putting over Cesaro again. I presume that Cesaro is going to win uh, their match at WrestleMania if they're going to you know really um, really. What's the word for it? Strap the, the rocket, rocket strap That's the one. Yeah, strap the ro- strap the rocket to him. Uh, Reach for the brass ring. <laughs> I, I think the, the thing with that is, I know a lot of people were disappointed at Elimination Chamber when Cesaro didn't win the match, but it did seem like that was a definite point of let's turn them face. And I feel like Seth Rollins is the guy to like establish that face turn because he's you know Seth Rollins. We know he's not the best face, but he's an amazing heel. Uh, so I think that's the kind of thing where. The WrestleMania match. I'm not sure if Cesaro will win. I would hope he wins it, but I think either way we're going to come out of that knowing that Cesaro is like a big face and maybe, hopefully, the face to take on a heel, either Roman Reigns or Edge, possibly going forward. But we'll always cling on to that hope. They Mm. could do it for once since they've actually put the belt on Lashley and they've been pushing Cruz, so I actually have faith they might push Cesaro for once. But we've all been wrong before. (laughs) It feels Many like this times. time it's different, and as a wrestling <laughs> fan, <laughs> um, I really, I really, really hope it's different this time. So yeah, anyway, like Seth Rollins just this week, I thought it was great. Nice one. Um, let's go for you for your first put over bronze. Must say that that Seth Rollins getting swung backstage was probably the best segment of the night. Having Pat Buck and all these referees screaming at him was just absolutely brilliant. But. Um, We've been putting over for weeks now, and we finally got the uh, the payoff. So we're finally getting the triple threat of Mania between Roman, Brian, and Edge. Um, I kind of want to bury it a little bit at the same time because I counted eight segments throughout the night between backstage interviews and and ring segments. But um, Daniel Bryan had a lot of great points. Says that he went forty minutes in the chamber and immediately faced Roman. So he was pitching to uh, immediately face Roman after. Roman versus Edge at Mania, or even on night one, have Edge versus Roman, and then on night two, you know, for him to face. I, I would have been happy with, you know, it being triple threat or night one and night two. But yeah, finally a payoff, finally the triple threat they've got there. So yeah. I kind of quite like the idea now that you say of making Roman defend it on night one and night two. It would kind of go with the storyline quite a lot, wouldn't it? Never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Like it. But then you'd have to uh, main event both nights and, yeah. <laughs> and then back into that. No, no, you'd, you'd have them like open and then close. Aye. Yeah, who's the, uh, it's the women's match going to... It's Bian- are Bianca and Sasha headlining or are they kind of co-headlining? So they've, they've no quite specified it, but obviously there's been that full online movement. But the one thing I was certain that they were going to have Drew and Lashley headline, but I now think that we're going to have... Um, and actually WrestleVotes have just put out this in, in the past couple of minutes as well that WWE are thinking of not having a kickoff show match because obviously the first show back in front of fans you want to hit them with something big um, so I actually thought last week I was thinking I wonder if McIntyre will actually open because McIntyre did say and I know that I'm being very literal here but he said when the fans are back in the building I want to be the first person that gets in front of them so I think they might open with that WWE Championship be, match yeah. that night. And, Plus and they then I, closed last year, did they not? Did they yep. Sunday? Yeah. So, uh, I think they did. Aye, aye. Yeah. Not closed the Sunday. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm, that'll be interesting. Okay, uh, let's go on to uh, Buddy's gentleman. Um, Rico, what have we got for us? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for some low-hanging fruit here and just Buddy, Logan Paul, being on the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't like him. I don't think he should be anywhere near the show. At the start of the show, we were trying to educate uh, Alex on who Logan Paul was. Uh, he didn't know who he heard was. heard about some of his transgressions, and I'm not overly happy about it either. Yeah. No, uh, so I take it you talked about the, the forest in Japan. Yes. That's how we got Alex to realise who he was. Nothing else was hitting the yeah, memory. Like, remember like, that guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why do you think... I mean, I know why they've done it, WWE, but to get him involved in the Zane versus Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania, when all we want to see is a good match between those two on... I mean, I guess if you're... Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been, you know, friends from way back when. And, you know, this was going to be their moment. This should have been their moment as two friends. Here we are. We're on the grandest stage of them all. We're getting to... This has been our dream to wrestle each other. And then they put this dickhead into the mix. I mean, it's just... I, I don't like it at all. I feel really, really sorry. I mean, listen, maybe they're businessmen, I guess, Zane and Owen, so maybe they are embracing it, but you just think, would they? I mean, just Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman and then put Sammy versus Kevin in the cage. Can we swap that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Put Logan Paul into that fucking hellhole as it is already. Do you know what I mean? Put that, get involved with that shit show rather than what could have been potentially the best match on the card. You know, that was the match I think I was mostly... I mean, I know there's been not much of a build towards it. It's just like, oh, shit, uh, Owens and Zane have got nothing to do. Oh, let's put them together on WrestleMania. But it's just, I was really looking forward to it. And now this prick's involved in it. I'm just like, oh, oh. Anyway. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the only way they remedy it is by um, Kevin Owens doing the same thing he did to Machine Gun Kelly and just... Powerbombing him through a table. <laughs> have that. Have that be that, and hopefully think, Logan falls up for it. Like, well, I think they might do that kind of thing because I think. I would like to think, <laughs> I'll say, uh, I think WWE might be that aware that you know, like Machine Gun Kelly, he's no like a 100% loved guy, Logan Paul, to put it politely. So if he is up for taking a bump, then it would be a brilliant, you know, with a crowd in the building as well. If they have him take a bump at WrestleMania off Kevin Owens, I would be delighted with that. And the guy, I don't like him, um, but he's got 6 million Twitter followers. So, and that's no counting his YouTube subscribers. So, oh, yeah. you know, WrestleMania, I just um, I actually just wrote an article this weekend about the greatest celebrity um, involvement at WrestleMania. And a lot of them looking back, I was like, did they add to the match? Did they take away from it? And then I'm like, ah, does it even matter? <laughs> like, as long as they get eyes on the product, I don't know who's going to watch for Logan Paul, but people might, and I guess there is more of a link than there is with Bad Bunny because he's in the combat sports environment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I use that term very loosely. Is he the number one most listened to artist on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, they should just set up a Logan Paul Bad Bunny match. There you go. Yeah, that's that's you how do go. it. <laughs> I don't know if Bad Bunny wants the bad press, though. No. <laughs> uh, Bronze, can you beat that, buddy? I don't know. I'm just... I'm... WWE's done a good job in building some of the WrestleMania matches, but we're now two weeks away from probably the biggest event of the year, and we've still got matches being announced. I know that, obviously, you know things are going on in the world, but... 
to me, in years previous, they've set marches in advance and then they've built to them. And I don't know if it's because they had fast lane so close and I, I don't know. It's, it's, fast lane. It's, it's fast lane just fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. 100%. I don't know why they put it like it. They just, yeah, we say this every week. It just puts them into a corner. So, yeah, um, Big Buddy, probably just, you know, the product in general for that. Not smart down, not raw, just too much content. And like, I'm looking forward to Mania Week in the sense that there's a lot going on, but I know that a lot of people's going to struggle to keep up with Raw, Hall of Fame, two nights of NXT, SmackDown, two nights yeah. of Mania, Raw, plus indie shows and everything else that's going on. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, there's a lot of wrestling to be consumed next week. Um, you're on furlough bronze, Gary's mm-hmm. taking the week off. Um, we're going to be doing lots of extra content on Wrestling Daft as well hoping uh, next week we're going to have uh, I've not spoken to the boys yet so this is on the spot we're going to have a Wrestlemania uh, preview show uh, with uh, Alex and Gary for the marks uh, Grado, the TNA Chapter 3 is going to be released next week as well, we thought get, why? let's just keep more wrestling content on you uh, we're going to get T- the TNA episode of uh, the Grado Life Story It's Yourself uh, on next week hopefully as well well so those will be a two bonus podcasts that will be available on patreon and then the week after we'll do a full show reviewing the full shebang wrestlemania wrestlemania take over the full shebang as well so lots of content coming up on this channel as well uh, before we move on to raw match for night gentlemen i'm gonna say the six man uh, so we had biggie and the street profits versus the alpha academy and apollo cruz there was a highlight of chad Catching Montez Ford in midair and hitting him with a midnight su- Northern Lights suplex. It was great. And Apollo Crews got the win on Big E with an angle slam, setting up for their Mania match. So, yeah. Agree or disagree with your tag team partner, Rico? Uh, well, I wouldn't say disagree. I just have a difference of opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, enjoyed, I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the finish to that, that match, certainly, but um, I did not expect. Uh, Dolph Ziggler v Rey Mysterio to be as good as it was. And Dolph Ziggler basically starting the match, powerbombing Rey Mysterio over the barricade. Um, and then later on in the match, um, Rey Mysterio was about to jump over the top rope to the outside and Dolph hit him with a zigzag. And I thought, I thought it was just class. It was like a, a good exhibition from two really uh, experienced veterans. So that was that was my match of the night. Cool, cool. Right, okay. What sort of noise are we is, going to get from Gary? Nope, nope. Because we do things chronologically now, so I have to do my turning Japanese running when it is chronologically timed. So Sorry. I have to do it now because it only happened on what would have been Monday evening in Japan, so it would have been Monday afternoon here. Okay, get your Japanese chat in now. Well, Alex. I'll be quick because I have to bury myself because I haven't actually seen it yet, but we need Sorry. to quickly put over Will Ospreay for winning the New Japan Cup and be writing the wrongs from Wrestle Kingdom. Have we seen the new belt? Sorry? Have we seen the new belt? I haven't. I was just the combined. They were, yes. they've, also, they've also unified the intercontinental and main belts now, which is a good shape. I haven't seen it, is it? Should I look? Uh, it looks like the Divas Championship. Oh, God, no. I'm going yeah. to show you a meme that I found on Twitter. <laughs> yes, it looks almost exactly the same shape as, uh, as Cody's neck tattoo. It's, uh, it, it's not good. they called it IWGP... They've just called it the World Heavyweight Championship now, have they not? The World Heavyweight Championship, yeah. Holy shit, yeah, it is pretty bad. Uh, no. <laughs> just <laughs> as well. 
that has ruined <laughs> my day because up until now I'd have always said that the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was the best best looking main event belt, and now, well, I, I, that's yeah, that's that's ruined my day. So I'm going to bury that belt. That's going to be my second bury. I'm going to bury the new belt. What about Shingo? Yep. Let's. Aye. We need to give Shingo a mention, obviously, for Neil. I haven't had a chance to watch the match, but I've heard Shingo was fantastic, and I would be very surprised to see anything less than five stars from Mr. Big Dave. Excellent. Good news, good news. And let's move on to Raw now after that brief trip to Japan. Gary, what noise are you going to give us this week? We're two weeks out from WrestleMania. The game must be up. It must be off the charts. What are we getting? No, I think uh, Bronchell hit the the nail on the head with his comments about build because this it didn't feel it, it really didn't feel like a I know it's not a go home but the one before the go home like the penultimate show before WrestleMania it just didn't feel like it. Um, I actually was very tempted to make my first put over Bronze Choo noise still being a thing because. Because it was like a brief glimpse of happiness that I had because I laughed at it like when it when it happened. So I was very tempted to put that, but you know, it's actually that that is like the only mention I'm going to have of that noise because this raw had so many things that were not as good as that that it doesn't even make the biddies. Um, however, my first put over definitely has to be Drew McIntyre. Um, no, no, specifically Drew McIntyre, but they've done the thing that you know that made him so liked in the first place, where he has this ruthless guy again. And essentially, the, the first put over is one specific segment they've done with Drew McIntyre. So last week, I think my second put over was um, Bobby Lashley putting a bounty on Drew's head, saying, you know, anybody that can wipe out this guy can get his, his title match at WrestleMania. So what they done, they done this amazing backstage segment where Drew McIntyre stormed into the locker room. Really nice looking locker room, I must say. It looked a lot better than the ones we're used to seeing on television. Um, but he stormed into the locker room and just started squaring up to guys, uh, saying, are you going to take me on? Are you going to take me on? Um, I can't remember who it was that took a swing at him. I think it was Angel Garza took a swing at him from behind and he just threw him over a couch and then ended up squaring up to a few other people. Ended up getting a ricochet match out of it. Um, but it was just brilliant. We had that ruthless Drew McIntyre thing, and it, it linked up perfectly. You said about uh, you know when wrestling makes sense, it was perfect because him squaring up to everybody meant that when we got the match at the end of the night, he ended up competing against Ricochet, and then Mustafa Ali came out and attacked him. This doesn't make the biddies, but the retribution thing's just forgotten about, which you know, as a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Um, but Mustafa Ali came out, attacked him. We had a Mustafa Ali, Drew McIntyre match. And then Lashley came out. And the Hurt Business is now split. So uh, the Hurt Business is still a thing. But Cedric and Shelton are no longer part of it. They've got seemingly a third member. <laughs> and this doesn't make the biddies either, which is great. They've got a third member in Baron Corbin. <laughs> Because because they really they've really kind of kept that kind of whole aesthetic they were going for with you know the big hench big black guys in suits and they've just brought in the balding heavy metal dude. Yep, and I, I like I like Baron Corbin, so it's you know yeah. wait and see how it goes. But the 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 thing that I was actually getting to is to why this uh, story you know this uh, this segment for earlier on was so good is because Lashley and Corbin laid waste to Drew McIntyre. And without that segment, you'd be going, well, why is the locker room not coming out to help Drew McIntyre? Because he pissed them all off in the earlier segment. 
So it was just a really nice, um, a nice kind of segue that segment into the main event and into the end of Raw. Uh, that was one thing that was absolutely incredible about Raw. And you know, I've got another put over that I'll, I'll do afterwards to sandwich the nonsense. Um, but that was, you know, that was the one thing that I took away going, ah, that was absolutely brilliant. And that's, you know, them doing everything perfect again with the Lashley McIntyre stuff. Just think the storyline build has been great. And it's a bit of a shame they've not done that with a lot of the other things for WrestleMania. So, wrestling making sense. You know, best thing on the planet. Wrestling not making sense is the worst thing on the planet. They had Shayna Baszler lose to Naomi, and then the very next segment, Shayna Baszler comes out and... It's during the Rhea Ripley Asuka um, contract signing, which, you know, contract signings, I, I've kind of accepted them for what they are now. I'll never put them over or bury them. They're just there. Um, but they had everybody expecting Charlotte Flair's music to hit because obviously, you know, she's not been there for a couple of weeks. WrestleMania is a couple of weeks away. Oh, we're going to get Charlotte Flair interjected. I actually thought they'd miscued and hit the wrong music because Nia Jax's music started playing. I'm like, that's no Charlotte Flair's music. What's going on here? Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler come out. And in that segment, Shayna Baszler says, five minutes after losing to Naomi, you know, after God knows how many losses the past few weeks, we have been the most dominant women in the division for the past year. And it's like, come on. Like, I know you're a heel. I know heel promos don't always need to be truthful, but that's it's like probably cutting the legs away for your talent doing that. And I, I don't know, like, I've not even asked, but my, my first kind of, my, my first thought when that happened, I was like, I wonder if they've shuffled her in the segments and they were meant to say that before losing. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Makes Shayna Baszler look like a bit of a jabroni as well. And, you know, she shouldn't be because we've all spoke about how, you know, how she was presented last year in comparison to this year. So it was just no good. It was just really no good. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing where like, that that was so bad that it's much like the first segment where there's not much else to bury or put over. The rest of the show was just there. It just happened. Like it wasn't. There was nothing that was amazing about it. Nothing that was terrible about it. It's a three-hour show, and then that's like the only two things that I'm like, hmm, that's quite memorable. Um, I actually, no, I've thought of one. I forgot my line there, but I didn't do it on national TV. Matt Riddle just forgot his lines. That's the only thing I've seen. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know if it's deliberate because they're obviously trying to play this goofy character and I guess they kind of get away with it. They had Matt Riddle in way too many segments for a start. He was in a match and then he was, you know, part of, a big part of that Drew McIntyre segment and he was also part of this segment. After saying he had too much on his plate and I, I know that this was probably part of his character. After saying he had too much on his plate to Drew McIntyre, Asuka's walking backstage getting ready to commit for a contract signing. The fucking scooter's back for a start. Oh. So he comes whizzing past in his scooter, starts talking to Asuka, and then just forgets what he was saying, and then whizzes back away on his scooter. And it's like, why? <laughs> Maybe kids are watching this and thinking this is the best thing on the planet. This guy's, you know, such an idiot outside of wrestling. And, you know, um, he, he, when he gets in the ring, he can go. However, I've actually... I, I completely forgot about another Matt Riddle thing. He's got a new effect, right? So we mentioned the choo-choo. Matt Riddle now comes out, kicks his flip-flops off and they turn into fucking parrots and fly towards the screen. What? I don't... What is the relationship oh. between Matt Riddle and exotic birds? 
So I it think stand it, if you turn into big spliffs and kind of flew towards the screen. Do <laughs> I get that pair of flip flops? They sound delightful. I feel like uh, I feel like WWE have done that thing where I don't know if any of like do this. Well, you know, you buy maybe a say I'll, I'll exaggerate and say you buy like a six pack of Kit Kats, and then you realise they're going to a date the day before. So it's like fuck, I need to eat these six Kit Kats when you don't actually want to eat six Kit Kats. They've essentially done that with the sound effects. Like, shape, you're playing a sound effects guy. Gee Braun Strowman a choo-choo. Gee Matt Riddle parrots. I just don't know what's happening. Um, so I, the, the full Matt Riddle thing. And I actually forgot about that because so much, nothing happened after it. But I, Matt Riddle's parrots are probably worse than him forgetting his lines. And I like Matt Riddle. <laughs> I think we should campaign to have their audio effects guy also put on furlough. Or at least... Do you remember when they used to do, like, very briefly, they did visual effects... On SmackDown, I think, like when the Uso Penitentiary stuff, yep. uh, I wonder if they've rehired him. Oh, <laughs> I, give him a second chance. I think, I think they've hired whoever was the person that lost the job to him in the first place because that was, <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But it's, yeah, again, one of the moments and you go, right, I, I get it with the, the kind of trying to make it a wee bit more cartoony, but sometimes you can just go a wee bit too far. Um, but there was another thing where we got another fucking, we got a report card, a Braun Strowman to make him look stupid. Oh. Ironically, I think they could have just uh, got Shane to load up Braun Strowman's Instagram when they made the comments about indie wrestlers uh, <laughs> just getting another job. That made them look more stupid. Uh, but uh, a report card thing is just never good. The second you see that, it's like, what are you fucking doing? Don't, like, leave report cards at a wrestling. Um, however, forget about the negatives. Let's go back to the positives. Wasn't it all bad? Mentioned the Drew McIntyre stuff. Rhea Ripley. I'm just. I'm probably just going to keep mentioning this until she gets the Shayna Baszler treatment, which I hope doesn't happen. Um, they had her backstage with a guy that a lot of people probably won't really know who he is, but he's actually like one of the head writers for Raw called Ryan Ward. They had him standing next to Rhea Ripley. Now, this guy was only, I think the only other time I've seen him on television in the past like five years was when they put him next to Big uh, Omos when Omos was the bodyguard for Raw Underground just to make Omos look giant because this guy's quite small. It worked a treat again because they had him next to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley looked six foot five when she's five foot six. Looked absolutely amazing. And yeah, again, they just got all the presentation right well and everything else they've done. They'll smash Asuka's head off a table and, and just kind of stand and cut promos and, and aye, she just looked absolutely brilliant. So... Don't care about all the rubbish stuff, you know, give us as much rubbish stuff if you, if, as you want. Just keep Rhea Ripley looking strong and then I'll keep putting that out every single week. She um, smashed the, she, she just smashed the head writer of Raw, Jesus Christ. I, well, I, I don't mind him being there. I don't even know if he's responsible for the bad segments, so I'm kind of just laying everything on to him. But I don't mind him any bad, bad segments he writes as long as he keeps being quite small and making other people look really tall. Right. That's a, a good thing. Um, match of the night, obvious, Riddle Sheamus. Chuck that on any Raw and I'm going to call it match of the night because they just always go out there, beat the crap at each other. Even after we seen the parrots, I was like, don't care, this was good. So, aye, a lot of bad, a lot of good, a lot of nothing. Um, hopefully the go home is a wee bit better. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, Gary, thanks very much for that. And uh, as ever, uh, our Mark's tag team, the New Age Mark Laws, thank you very much for your contributions. Rico and Bronze Chill. Um, remember, if you want to get buddies and put overs for any of the stuff we've just talked about, 
fucking parrots are going to feature a lot this week, I think. Uh, any of that sort of stuff, you can do that to Rab and Gradle on the main show. Uh, do that on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Instagram, Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Um, news, we're heading towards WrestleMania. The news is flying in left, right and centre. What's happening with Charlotte? Is Tessa Blanchard going to turn up? We don't know what's going on. Lots of rumours, a lot of conjecture, a lot of news, Gary. And the biggest news to come up in, out in the last 24 hours is that NXT seems to be moving to Tuesday nights. Yep, Wednesday night wars are completely over. I know that there were ever really wars in the first place. Um, oddly, I actually got told about this back on the, I looked back the 25th of uh, February and I tried to reach out to confirm it and I got a whole lot of no chance, no happening, no way that's happening. And then somebody said to me, I, th- I think we actually mentioned this part on the show. Somebody said to me, there's a good chance it might be a show that's not NXT like maybe NXT Evolve or something like that. And we're yeah. getting a secondary show on the Tuesdays. So I was like, right. And then Matt Men Podcast were the first people to put this out, who they're part of the Wrestling Observer, um, Dave Meltzer's full, you know, empire there. They put out a tweet about it. And I was like, hmm, either they've been told the same as me and jumped the gun, or more likely because obviously they're part of Meltzer's empire they've been able to get it confirmed. Uh, so they put it out a few months ago and then they done a wee follow-up last week saying that it was likely to be announced on Tuesday. Here we are, point of recording is Tuesday. It's been announced. They were on, on the dot with that. Uh, absolutely, you know, got a lot more information than I did for a start. Uh, but yes, as first reported by Variety, although obviously as first reported by Matt Men Podcast, um, but as first reported by Variety, uh, NXT is moving to Tuesdays from the the day after um, the Raw after Mania <laughs> to, to go a really convoluted way about it. So um, so I, the, the first NXT after WrestleMania will be on a Tuesday, which essentially means the last NXT on a Wednesday is going to be that takeover, which, you know, we're, we all can't wait to see what the... I don't give a shite about um, views, but I can't wait to see how many views NXT and AEW gets when it's a takeover, because so that's going to be interesting. NXT is going to run Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of it. So, John, you're going to have to cover three different episodes of NXT in a week. Yes, I think we're. I think I'm thinking about doing a set. We'll work out. Cross that bridge when we get. Listen, no, you're okay. You'll you because it'll be Tuesdays now. So we start on a Tuesday, so you'll be fine. Oh yeah. Uh, it's going to be the week before. You essentially get an extra day. I'll be um, a week in lag now. Oh Jesus. Aye. So I am. Um, Aye, good fun with that. Either that or we work out another day to record this, I guess. <laughs> good luck with that one. Um, but aye, so NXT moving to Tuesdays, which means your lineup for every week in wrestling now looks like Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night NXT, Wednesday Night Dynamite, Thursday Night Impact, Friday Night SmackDown, and then you'll get the weekends off 
probably two uh, <laughs> four weekends every month when there's not a pay-per-view on. Hey, when's main event on? Oh, oh, I think that's on a Saturday. I, I think you might actually be able to shoehorn that into the Saturday slot. Live. When's 205 Live? And NXT UK, of course, as well. That's, NXT UK is a Thursday as well, aye. So there yeah. you go. And aye, 205 Live is obviously not live on a Friday after SmackDown. Um, but aye, there you go. We've got five days of wrestling going forward. Tell you what, I'm not going to be staying up every night for them. So uh, I don't expect <laughs> that a lot of people will be in the UK. But aye. But it means that you don't need to choose between NXT and AEW anymore. So we'll see if it makes a, a, a difference because, you know, how much of a bump will it actually give each of them in terms of the ratings? It's going to it's going to help both shows out, isn't it? I don't know how much it will. I think I think we're going to be looking at less than a hundred k rise on each. I don't, I, I'm not sure we'll get up to the million on each of them anyway. I know AEW has been kind of pushing it, but I, don't, I, I think we'll. I think, small I think there's too many of us now consume TV. In, on demand. On demand, aye. That's, yeah. uh, aye, so I'm, I'm not sure how much uh, help it actually will be, but at the same time, I'm quite happy with it because, it, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday were always the kind of slow days after Raw unless something major breaks, so at least it's spread out a wee bit more. There you go. It's good for good you, Gary. Excellent. Aye. Fantastic. Uh, a couple of new inductees since we last spoke into the Hall of Fame. Um, RVD being one gentleman, um, so did Paul nope. Heyman jump the gun on this on the Friday? Because I didn't actually see this jumping the gun stuff. Yes. So it was, uh, you know, it was like the worst kept secret anyway that Rob Van Dam was going to go in. It being kind of, you know, banded about a few places first. And then Paul Heyman just done his Paul Heyman. They uploaded a photo like that and said, you'll never believe who's a Hall of Fame um, segment. I just recorded a thing. So I think... I'm wondering if that was the induction speech or if they're going to do a video package before or after or during the, the speeches. Um, also worth noting that uh, my favourite reaction to Rob Van Dam's entrance uh, into the Hall of Fame or announcement that he's going to be part of it was his girlfriend, Katie Forbes, just posted on Instagram, I am fucking a Hall of Famer. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally that was a, a photo of Rob Van Dam and her and that. So... But I um, as well, or is that now? Is that now over? Well, no, I think I think they are still in a menage a trois um, to add French to John's uh, previous French uh, exploits. Speaking earlier about the, the toasty maker, so I'll just uh, give you the full rundown. <laughs> <laughs> the Hall of Fame. Um, I've got a, a note of it here. So, obviously, we've got last year and this year's ceremonies um, taking place. Batista is no longer part of it. Batista was meant to be the headliner for last year, but he has been... Too good, apparently. Too yes, good he's, he's too good to not have a crowd, so he's no longer going to be part of it. He's uh, His induction will happen probably next year. You'd, you'd have to ask him, they'll just like put it... Fucking fingers up to everyone else getting inducted. Okay. Uh, here's all the shite folk that don't need a crowd. Um, I'll list off. <laughs> so NWO, probably going to be the headliners for last year now. Um, obviously with that's... X, with X-Pac, we're uh, still dead against. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, um, Scott Hall and X-Pac, which I can think of a lot more NWO members that were in between those three and X-Pac. But... I love X-Pac, so I don't really care. Uh, NWO, Bella Twins, JBL, British Bulldog, and Justin Thunder Liger. Um, that's your last year. However, the announcement that came today is actually part of the class of 2020. <laughs> so right. William Shatner is the celebrity for the class of 2020. From last year. Yes, so I like to think that Batista was actually the celebrity induction and he's being replaced by William Shatner. That's how <laughs> I like to look at things. 
Do you, um, know, what, do you uh, know what age William Shatner is, by the way? Take no, no idea. What? I would, I would guess he's like 67, 68. Oh, older than that, surely. 98 years old, William Shatner. <laughs> William Shatner is 90-year-old. Surely he is the oldest surviving Aye. person to go into the Hall of Fame. That's a good shout. I'm actually going to look that up when we're done because that is mental. I don't think it was that old. But I, <laughs> William Shatner, and, and my favourite William Shatner thing is that he's, um, his face is the inspiration for the Halloween mask because they just bought a William Shatner mask and melted it. Uh, so I, um, but I, so that's the class of 2020, which leads me to believe there might be a, a 2021 celebrity that's no named yet. But we've got Kane. Uh, I've, well, I, I'm the, uh, Logan Paul, <laughs> bad bunny. Um, so we've got Kane, Eric Bischoff, Molly Holly, Rob Van Dam, and the great Cali. And also, worth noting... Cali's <laughs> an well, ex-fucking WWE champion. In a I know he is. Perhaps the greatest match of all time. Well, what's even worth noting is that Fight for reporting that the, the Warrior Award is going to be given to Titus O'Neil. So we've got a celebrity for one and a warrior award for one. So do we get another warrior award and another celebrity induction? <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a long... I'm hoping it's all pre-recorded and that they oh. cut it down as much as possible because it's going to be a long night. Um, but aye, it's mental, mental stuff in terms of the Hall of Fame this year. I feel like they should have maybe, and I hate to say it, they should have maybe done the Hall of Fame over two days. <laughs> but aye, it's uh, aye, no looking good. So... They could have maybe even just skipped it for a year. Aye, aye, they, they could have. Catch up. Like, I mean, I'm starting, like, uh, every time they recognise, uh, sorry, announce a Hall of Famer now, the three of us would have watched quite a lot of their matches. But, you know, like, ten years ago, you're like, who the fuck was that? And you've got to go and Google it. So they must be starting to really catch up with themselves. Yeah, yeah. that is true. That is true. Uh, so Shatner in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, let's move on to uh, a new signing potentially for the WWE and well I think he's been quoted by several people it's NCAA, NCAA champion Gable Stevenson. do we know much about this fella Gary? I knew nothing of him up until last week because obviously I don't pay much attention to, to that fake wrestling we, we like professional <laughs> wrestling you know, amateur wrestling is all of that nonsense um, but uh, I Gable Stevenson. I keep pronouncing his name wrong. I keep going Stevenson because obviously that's just the way you would. Uh, so Gable Stevenson um, apparently has held some talks with people for WWE. This seems like it's got a lot of the same um, beginnings as Parker Boudreaux, the guy that you know is getting dubbed the next Brock Lesnar. They've tried to kind of quickly take that name tag off him a wee bit, just a lot of pressure. Um, but it seems like this guy's getting quoted in much the same way as him. Paul Heyman reportedly a big fan of him. Apparently he's held talks with Triple H and Paul Heyman, uh, interested in pursuing a career with WWE, but he's also kind of spreading it a wee bit. He's saying he wouldn't mind going to MMA, wouldn't mind going to, you know, American football. That's one of those ones you go, oh, I would, you know, if, if I knew WWE were after me, I'd be saying that kind of thing. Get that money bumped up a wee tiny bit, you know, if, you, yeah. if you're a wanted man, you can get a wee bit more cash out of it. Uh, don't know if that is the reason. Of course, that's just me being a, uh, being a wee bit sceptical, but I, 20 years old, um, has recently done an interview with Fightful. I don't think the full interview has dropped yet. They just put out a wee, uh, wee kind of thing on that saying, you know, that he is interested in going to WWE, but um, right now he's focused on the Olympics. So it's one for the future, but I always like, you know, hearing these names and then you go, ah, if it comes in the future, then you've heard about it quite a long time ago. 
also mentioned that he's aware of AEW, um, but he's, you know, fallen away from wrestling a wee bit recently, so he's not quite so well-versed in what they're doing or what anybody else is doing. Because WWE, of course, is the, the kind of mainstream one that people will have remembered for five, ten, however many years ago. So I interesting to keep his name in mind and uh, and see where it goes. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, if he's some of the, the, the pro wrestlers, that well, proper wrestlers that they've brought in, I mean, obviously, Angle, you know, Benjamin, Lesnar, you know, there's a good track record of these guys coming yep. in and being able to do the business. So even your Dolph Ziggler's and stuff yeah. like that, they've got quite a you know quite a healthy background in amateur wrestling. It's the kind of thing that you know I, I think I can't Angle spoke about it many times, but obviously doesn't he um, doesn't he make you you know instantly a hundred percent a brilliant pro wrestler? But it's always going to help, and it makes you look more legitimate. So. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, look forward to seeing where that goes then. And as ever, thank you very much for the news, Gary. So uh, it's big interview time on the show. And this is the biggest interview I think we've had on the Marks podcast um, on the run-up to WrestleMania. Gary is in a very fortunate position. You spoke to a lot of big people recently, Gary. You've done all right for yourself, son. We've been had, all right year, it's been, all, been right. all right so far. John Moxley, uh, Bushwhackers, um, Jake the Snake, which we've still to, to put out on this show, but this is going to be the biggest of them all, right? Uh, I think it's up there for me. You know, the only person that I think rivals Shawn Michaels for me is getting to be on the conference calls with, uh, with Triple H. Yeah. And even at that, this was a full one-on-one half an hour, you know, I say half an hour, about 20-odd minutes. Um, but I, that, this is probably it for me, just as, you know, somebody growing up at the right time, WrestleMania being the, the kind of memory you have, you know, looking back, I don't think it gets much bigger for me than, than Shawn Michaels. Absolutely, and here he is speaking to Gary. It's Mr. WrestleMania himself. It's Shawn Michaels. So, Shawn Michaels, you are widely regarded as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, professional wrestler of all time, and your name, you know, synonymous with WrestleMania. A man who said you were the greatest of all time recently was Ric Flair, and also The Undertaker backed that up. I think Ric Flair said only Ricky Steamboat comes, you know, in the same bracket as you. What do those words mean to you, and do you agree with them? <laughs> well, look, I, I'm not. Yeah, look, it, it's, it's all subjective, right? Um, ours is not a line of work that deals with stats and things of that nature. I will say this: over the years, when I was younger, uh, it was it was it was the drive, it was a passion, the desire to be the best, to, to to want to be called, or at least grouped in with the greatest of you know, of all time. Um, as you get older, you begin to to realize that honestly, it's the, the the guys that I was in there with. It's sort of I can I can only assume that you know in our world here, the Tom Brady's, the Michael Jordans, they very much and I never want to ever have it sound disrespectful. I greatly appreciate the people, you know, the fans, or you know, again, even sports writers or you know, people thinking you're the best or the greatest, which is very nice. But it for me, it means the most to hear it from the guys that I was in the ring with, because those are the people you feel truly know the difference. And again, could feel the difference. I mean, I think that's one thing that, um, I don't know. I always wanted at least guys experience with me inside that ring to be something they'd always remember Um, that it was just for some reason being in there with me was, I don't know, easier, special uh, and a, a a bit more, 
I guess, natural and comfortable. And, and of course, something that they could look back on and be, be happy about. So hearing it from my, my peers is clearly, uh, you know, the best thing uh, to me. But, you know, I, uh, I also do know that, that stuff is, again, it's here today and gone tomorrow. So it's not something I, it's not something I, I really think about that much anymore. It's just very nice. I look back on what I think is a, a really wonderful career that, that I feel very fortunate to have had. Yeah, and you mentioned that word had. You say that in past tense. During the last ride documentary, Undertaker kept speaking about how jealous he was that you managed to walk away from the business. You then came back for one match. Is that something that bothers you, that one match um, in Saudi Arabia with Undertaker, Triple H uh, um, and Kane? Or is it something that you're like, it's fine, I still have retired on my own terms? Is there that little inkling that you want to come back for another one to to retire on another last match? No, no. Like I said, I guess I I do. I I guess that's the thing. I can compartmentalize that. I I don't know if it's fair, but I can. Uh, (laughs) um, And and look, I do understand that. I think that's one of the reasons I was able to walk away and and, and be at peace. Unlike a lot of people who have have struggled with that. And I do understand it. Um, But that even that second one, it felt, Again, just it, like its own entity unto itself. It what it had nothing to do with, you know, really to me one more match. It was about going out there and having an experience with, you know, my guys. You know what I mean? It was sort of like just a, I don't know. It's like you know, saying to somebody like, so you graduated high school? Yes, but I'm going to go back to my ten year reunion, and, <laughs> and and I'm still going to do that. But doesn't mean I'm going back to high school and I want to go through it again. Um, so I guess that's how I, again, I looked at it. It was, it was an experience that I just wanted to have special with these guys. Um, and, and as I say, I still look at uh, my retirement and, and all of it again, with again, nothing but complete joy and satisfaction. And I do, I, I have since, you know, all those years really begun to understand and appreciate how special that was for me because so many guys have struggled with it in the past. I love that analogy of your high school reunion going back for, for one more to have, just have fun. Uh, you know, the, the one that stands out for me, obviously your retirement match was incredible, but WrestleMania 25 with Undertaker for me is probably the greatest WrestleMania match, maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. I want to ask about that. Um, you know, is that a match that you look back on and go, that's the one that was the greatest match ever? Or do you just think of it? It was just another day at the office. Well, uh, so certainly not just another day at the office. I, I, I can say that I, I do. It was very special. And, and again, I, those things that you know are the greatest, again, you, you know, yes, 10 different people, you get 10 different answers. What I do know is that's the one for me that, that felt that's what enabled me to walk away. That's what enabled me to have that piece of, of going back, even though, again, I did one more and, and um, but it, it, that was the one that just put everything in here uh, in perspective that gave me the ability to say this part of my life is done and I'm now looking at moving into the future. And so for that, it was a, one of the greatest moments, certainly professionally that I've ever had because um you know, that, that's, that's, that's important. You know, this line of work is awesome. Uh, and when you do it, you do it for a reason because it's a part of you. And that is, as we, you know, discussed, it's very hard to leave that behind. Um, so again, that, like I said, that's why that moment is very, very special uh, to me. There's one thing 
about, you know, the WrestleMania 26 match that's always played on my mind. And I feel like I'd be remiss not to ask you about it. Obviously, you knew you were retiring in or at the end of that match. Another match on that card was Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon. And, you know, one of the most talked about things in your career, Bret Hart's career and, and Vince McMahon's lifestyle. Was there ever a moment that you were meant to be involved in that match? and Or was it the kind of thing where it's like, we know Shawn Michaels is retiring, so let's just not have him part of it? Was it ever discussed? No, no, not, not, not to my recollection, no. Uh, that, that, that was a 100% total separate thing. And, and I'm sure creatively, I don't even think someone would have would have talked about that because, of course, you've got the, you know, the I quit match or the, I'm sorry, the, the, the you know, career-threatening match whatever it was we called it. So I'm certainly they wouldn't want to mix, you know what I mean? Have there be any confusion between the two? So no, there are no. And like I said, to me, again, it was just, it was so great to have Brett back uh, to be perfectly honest. So I think that that would have, that was kept totally separate than anything else. Yeah, definitely. And that, I mean, it allowed you to have the perfect retirement. Another perfect retirement you were involved in was the aforementioned Ric Flair and that I'm sorry, I love you, which is probably one of the most emotional moments in wrestling history. Was that something you thought up before, or was it something spontaneous? How did that come about? Well, so uh, you know, I, I told the story. Um, so a lot of it, again, it's when I know what I'm doing at WrestleMania. There's always a point to which it's something just. It comes to me. Um, and so I just I woke up in the middle of the night at home at two o'clock in the morning and I just had all these thoughts. So I started writing it down. Um, and, you know, truth be told, I get very emotional writing it down because then it, start, it started flowing from this 15 year old wrestling fan and um, and what this guy's impact sort of was on my my life and then ending up, you know, my, ending up being my career and then a friendship and everything else. So it just got really, you know, emotional at the end. And I'm, and I was sitting there uh, to myself and I'm looking at it and I would think, I thought, I don't know if this is spectacular or if it's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen <laughs> because, you know, it's a grown man writing a love letter to another grown man. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I just gave the overall concept to, to to Michael Hayes and to Rick, and of course they they both just got very quiet and like, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And and so like I said, and it, and it wasn't like I said, it was more conveying the emotion of all of that than I ever actually saying it. It wasn't like in my notes, like, and then at the end I'll do, you know, I'll say I love you, uh, I'm sorry, and kick him. And so yeah, a lot of that was again, it really was. Uh, it was just a combination of it. Was, that's what I was saying in my in my thoughts, and then it just occurred to me, how about I actually say it? You know what I mean? And and and, um, and, and then you know, so I can't, I honestly can't remember if I recall telling anybody I was going to say that or not. Um, I just know because it was very, as you can see, Rick was crying in the match. He was crying right after we were, we, we were crying before it was, it was an emotional time anyway. Um, so there was a great deal of realism uh, to that um, because again, it, again, it was taking me back to, uh, to the 15 year old guy that was watching him on TV and, and, and now having the opportunity to, be, to have his last match in the WWE. And so uh, there, there are some aspects of this stuff where you know, we get old and soft, and that was one of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that you mentioned that word soft there because that's something I need to bring up. You as someone who spent your whole life in wrestling and you're, you're now a trainer, uh, a mentor, coach, you know, do a load of things backstage. I recently asked Triple H about Undertaker and he mentioned that Undertaker might be joining NXT to, to help along with that. Undertaker recently made some comments about the, the product now being a little soft for his liking. I'm not going to ask you about that because it's been asked everyone to death. Um, but what I want to ask you about, by your own admission, you were a little bit of, you know, a wild child when you were in wrestling. You had a, a bit of a, a different life outside of wrestling than the, the life we see, you know, wrestlers have nowadays. How would the Shawn Michaels that we know now that, you know, as the mentor, as the, the guy that's coaching everyone along, how would he deal with Shawn Michaels from back then? I, I, I don't know. I would, uh, I don't know. I don't think he'd deal with him. And I, I'd probably <laughs> suggest that we let him go. He's going to be nothing but trouble, uh, no matter how talented he is. Um, it looks at either that or get him help. Um, and that, that, that's, that would be the only, honestly, that would be the, the biggest thing is again, especially, I guess, as I look at it, I think to myself, well, you know, I, I was, I was good at my job. So when you, when you see that kind of ability, um, and, and they're young and they are just angry at everything and, and, and obviously have a problem as opposed to, uh, getting rid of them. The first thing you probably should be doing is, is helping them. So the more that I think about it, I think to myself that again, I, we, we should try to at least, um, help him because the young man is going to end up hurting himself someday. Uh, you know, where it's going to be one of those wrestling tragedies that we, that we hear about. So. Um, I think if, if, he, if he had all the drug issues and things like of that that I had, that'd be, that'd be the first step. Um, if it was just an attitude thing and there were no uh, other circumstances, that's when, you know, sometimes it may not matter how good he is, he's probably more trouble than he's worth. <laughs> Most definitely. And I've got two final questions because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm very appreciative that you've given me so much time. Every wrestling fan nowadays, all the hardcore fans, always talk about kayfabe, how kayfabe is dead. I think two of my favourite Shawn Michaels moments across your career have been moments where you've broken kayfabe in the middle of the ring or on the ramp. One being the click moment and one being the hug on the top of the ramp with Undertaker and Triple H. What was the process behind those? Was there any thought process or was it just that pure emotion kind of took over and you went, ah, this has to happen? Yeah, um, I mean, clearly at different points in my career, but again, the one was yeah, just say, you know saying goodbye to your buddies, um, and, and certainly for me at that time, we had also spent so much time together, and, and it was a you know it was them leaving, you know, and back then we were on the road with each other 250, 275 days a year. They do they, their their family at that point, um, and so that was emotion, and and. And the one with Undertaker, again, the same thing. Again, you know, now we're talking about all of us uh, older, mellowed out, grown, changed with each other, uh, and but still, you know, again, intertwined in, in, a, in a very unique business and in a very unique situation. And um, like I said, there, there are some times in this line of work where it gets to be real. And I guess, as you, as you put it, the breaking of the kayfabe, that realness also works for the job. It also works for the fan base, the entertainment, you know, whatever you want to call it, the entertainment, the enjoyment of the viewer as well. I think those are times when 
those aren't things that hurt the business. Um, certainly that one with The Undertaker. I, I know that the one, the curtain call and all that years uh, earlier was was seen differently by a lot of people. And I, and I do, I understand that. Um, but I think the one that we've come all these years later, and I, I don't think that would be looked upon the same way now because it's not as if uh, a lot of people don't understand how the business works. Yeah, most definitely. And I do have one final question. I want to bring it back to the modern day you know, we are getting to talk, thankfully for me, because of technology and it's a wonderful thing. NXT UK, of course, I, I've spoken to a few people and they say that the most bizarre thing ever is hearing your voice, you know, booming over the production that allows you to help them put out a product, which we're all thankful for. What's that like, you know, producing a wrestling show from the other side of the world and having your voice boom over a venue to all these people? Yeah, it's been well, I- at first, it was pretty challenging, again, just trying to, obviously, it's very hard not being there, wanting to be there and to convey the passion. And also, again, I, you know, I, we enjoy going over there. I, you know, I, I love our talent over there. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm connected to them in a, in a I don't know, I, I hope in a, in a way that they, they understand is unlike a lot of stuff. Again, it's all, it is almost like them, but they feel like, you know, uh, you know, estranged sons and daughters, you know, I mean, that, you know, again, you begin to really care about them and want, want, you know, success for them and want them to fulfill their, their hopes and dreams. Um, and I love being over there physically, being able to do that, to convey that with them. Um, but, you know, thankfully we're still, we can still do it in, in this environment. Um, it's just a little bit more challenging. And yeah, sometimes the only way to do it is to hit the little switch and, uh, you know, what they call the voice of God and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, say it over. So it has to be shorter and sweeter. As you can tell by this interview, I can be long winded. So that's been the hardest part is, you know, conveying uh, our appreciation and our thanks, um, you know, for everything and all the hard work that they're doing. Um, and but trying to do it in a, in a timely way that doesn't, you know, uh, sound too <laughs> overbearing with them at the uh, in that system. But uh, again, it's it's uh, it's great to be still having to be able to be so hands on with NXT UK, and we're very happy with uh, you know our relationship there at BT uh, and just the great success. And of course, the, you know the fact that you the you know the NXT UK universe enjoys it um, obviously is is a blast for us as well. Yeah, I'm just going to say that I'm very grateful that you're long-winded because you've been very generous with your time. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and can't wait to hopefully see you back in the UK very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, we are looking forward to it. We can't wait to get back. So uh, that's it for this week's Mark Show. Thank you very much for listening. And please remember to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, you see. Um, Rabbi Gregor back with the main show on Friday. We're on the way to WrestleMania. There's going to be a lot of content happening in Wrestling Daft over the next week and a half or so. Look out um, on our Patreon. If um, We're going to be doing a lot of things. We're going to be looking at WrestleMania quizzes. Uh, we're going to have some bonus podcasts flying up there. A preview for WrestleMania. Uh, we're going to be trying to get in the third chapter three of the Grado story up there next week as well in the build-up to WrestleMania. Uh, lots of stuff are going to be going on on the Patreon, so get involved in that. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling bath, including one of our famous watch-alongs, which we're going to do. We're still the same what we do Saturday or the Sunday. We're going to put that out to the, the listeners um, because... 
yeah, a lot of people don't have the Monday off though. If you're a sensible mark like we are, you take the Monday off. Rest, WrestleMania Monday is always a date that goes in the diary. Alex, yeah, but there's two days up. now, so you can just get as I said, you get pissed on the Saturday, you recover, you have a bad day Monday, then you finish at five, and then boom, WrestleMania two. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, a list of wrestling daft this week, gentlemen, uh, for Rabbing Radio will be. Looking at the votes, it's the best comedy moments in wrestling. Any immediate comedy moments that spring to mind? I'm more just chucking Billy Wedding. Chucking Billy Wedding every time for you, Gary. Is the Aye. Billy e- evergreen comment? I can just say that we almost hit and we mentioned. Broad Strowman Choo Choo. Broad Strowman Choo Choo, sound effect. I think uh, this Alex- is the problem now. We've spent too long slagging them off for things that that's now what we think about when we think about comedy moments we think about them just doing terribly terribly wrong don't we like i mean for instance like when roman reigns and kevin owens handcuffed each other to each other back in the rumble i mean that was great that was just this year so the one that always gets me is the vince mcmahon bedpan sean michael uh, sean michael stone cold steve austin uh, that's the one that always gets me i think that's like up there and um you know a surprising one that i think i'm not sure many people mention it uh edge with the, the Kurt Angle, I think it was Edge and Kurt Angle with the Edge hands and photos, and they've all got like I'm a stupid idiot wrote on them. Yeah, and, it was oh, Edge yeah. and Christian like, back in the day. I, I think that's up there, but it's, you know, obviously I hardly remember it, so it's not going to be the aye, most memorable. But that's, one. that's one for me, aye. So, anything for that, actually, there, essentially. You know, yeah, we'll start a ruthless aggression. You know, oh, aye. I love sexy There we go. That's, an, that's what you're looking for. Looking for more of that stuff on. Twitter and Facebook, get your nominations up there, along with your buddies and put-overs. Um, gentlemen, up to anything in the next week before WrestleMania week, Gary? No, back on my DDPY, so I'll be listening to DDP guide me and um, a bit of weight loss, a bit of getting fitter. The interviews uh, lined up. I-, I might have something interesting happening this week, Ooh. but I'm not quite sure. Um, it's no interview related or anything like that, but aye. Um, but nah, not, nothing... Uh, Nothing in terms of that. Oh, do you know what I'll be doing? I'll be sitting reading my Inside the Ropes uh, almanac um, that I got through. What <laughs> was the part I created in that one? Um, just because it was a lot of time researching and I've been doing other things. So I got to have a buy on that one and just get to sit and read it. Um, but no, nah, not, not an exciting year. Sitting there resting ahead of WrestleMania week. Fantastic. And Alex? Speaking of DDPY, John, I think you need to organise a live stream of Grado attempting to do DDP1. And I think he would probably do surprisingly well and would prove us all wrong. I don't think that would happen. I'll Come be on, honest. have, yeah. have you, you seen what he's been, he keeps sending me pictures of what he's been eating re- uh, recently. It's just ridiculous, some of the stuff he's got on the Did go- he not go vegan? No, did he hell? I thought there was, I remember him talking about Grado going back <laughs> No. Macaroni cheese isn't vegan, so uh, no, no. Ah, be, judging by the bacon sandwich that you sent me a picture of, he'd made, <laughs> made soft cheese, chili soft cheese tomato thing uh, on this bacon bagel. It looked absolutely dynamite, so no, I can assure you he's definitely not gone vegan. Um, but you'll be able to hear him and Rab on the main show. 
this week, eh, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Get a eh, t-shirts, wrestling daft t-shirts. You can do that shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. I'd like to say more content on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, including the video version of this very show. So you can see Alex's massive hair and you can see what's going on in Gary's background because he's got lots of interesting stuff in the background of his shot. Cat, cat tunnels. Posters, it's all happening. Um, Listen, thanks very much, and until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.